point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And once again, we encourage and invite any uh, listener feedback, ideas for topics, um, uh, comments, questions about any of our podcasts that you've heard before. Uh, you can do so by emailing me, Chris Bergwald, at cburgwald at sfcatholic.com. cburgwald at sfcatholic.com. Um, and again, we uh, we look we we would we enjoy always enjoy hearing from listeners uh, when you have a reason to do so, unless it's very mean, and then don't bother. Well, then you wouldn't have a real reason to do so. Exactly. So. I was just enjoying how your uh, last name rhymes as you spell it. Oh yeah. R G W A L D. <laughs> yes, I never thought about that before, but you, you are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, some, uh, some, real, some real wild stuff. That's some wild and crazy stuff. Uh, just one brief comment on the weather. Father, we're finally getting rain here, at least in this part of the state. Long overdue, obviously no good for the, the farmers and most of the crops, but... I'm not quite sure what this rain is that you speak of. Yes, but it's. <laughs> I'm not familiar with your climate and your rain. I'm just a simple caveman. But what I do know. Anyway, all right. For your uh, reference, people, that's 1980, <laughs> in case you uh, went to live then. Yeah, correct. <laughs> oh, wait, yes. I'll have you know. I'll have you know, Father, some of our listeners were alive in the 80s. I've talked Whoa. with them. I've spoken with them. Um, in any case, we are recording um, this uh, this podcast on September 12th, which is, among other things, the birthday of our ordinary, Bishop Paul Swain. So your prayers um, for him would certainly be a, um, appreciated by him. Uh, it, at some point in his eternal existence. Um, it's also, of course, the day after the 11th anniversary of the terrorist attacks on 9-11-2001 in New York, D.C. and uh, Pennsylvania. And, Father, I know that you had mentioned this, proposing as a topic, um, prayers for the dead, and, and you mentioned that yesterday... Um, I'm presuming, I don't know if do you have mass at uh, at your parish as well. But whether whenever you said mass yesterday, you 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 prayed the the mass for the dead, correct? You are correct, sir. Um, why? Uh, because uh, it was well. For one thing, I think it's good, especially for younger students. I mean, just realizing that some of our students uh, here at uh, it was at the Newman Center, and so most of our students were young when that tragic event happened, you know, realized that this year's freshmen, uh, some of them hadn't yet received their first Holy Communion uh, right. at the time of this terrorist attack. Uh, second, that acts of violence, you know, they they beg and they long for reparation of some sort. And so just be mindful, and we're mindful of that and tempted to that in our own consciences. So to offer uh, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in reparation for the evil that was done and, um, and then to... Finally, to pray for 
um, those uh, souls who died without a chance or with little chance uh, for recollection and uh, and preparation for their death. Right, and you know, I, I, obviously, uh, living in a first world country like our own. Um, <laughs> not to be trite here uh death obviously happens but we're used to it happening to people who have lived to a to a ripe old age mm-hmm. and have had time to prepare for that so sudden tragedies um which which happen all the time but they're still in terms of our population they're relatively uncommon there was uh an unfortunate shooting uh, yesterday here in Sioux Falls, and a, a young woman uh, was killed, um, and, and and it's 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 shaken up uh, many people here in, in the city because things like that typically don't happen. So when you have something on the scale of 9/11, thousands of people losing their lives suddenly in an unforeseen way like that, at least in our country, um, we're we're simply not used to that, and we don't think about. Um, the value then of preparing for a death, but then praying for those who maybe didn't have the opportunity to do so, as, as you were just saying. So, and, and then finally too, just uh, to encourage the, the students just as an educational thing about prayer for the dead, which is one of the spiritual works of mercy. Right. Um, <laughs> just to team what up here for you. Why is that? What's, what's the point? I mean, they've died. Well, uh, actually, uh, I was reading Pope Bendix speaking about this in a beautiful way. Um, just that, just t- talk about the fact that every human life is uh, is interconnected with another. We're we're not islands. We're not totally uh, separate from each other. But there is still that interconnectedness of, uh, of humanity throughout our whole life. No one lives alone. No one sins alone. No one is saved alone. Um, and so our lives are always spilling over into each other. And so praying for someone who's died isn't something um, external to human life. It's, it's part of the inter- interconnectedness of life that God created in, uh, in precisely just this way. And so uh, really it's, it's, um, it's just being in touch with that reality of how the world is. You know, I think, and we'll get into you know the, the the basis for praying for that and so on a little bit. But to me, um, you know, it, for the vast majority of Americans, obviously, there was nobody could, in a sense, could do anything about nine eleven once it happened. Um, but for those of us who were far away, in particular, just the uh, our impotence in the face of nine eleven. Yeah. You know that. You know that <laughs> there, there, there's nothing. There's it's at least superficially. Um, there's nothing I could do. We watch this. I, I was um, at that time. I was living um, in Steubenville, Ohio, and working um, basically at the Pittsburgh airport uh, for one of the food catering companies. Just a temp job I had at the time. Um, and I remember we watching TV. I had you know seen there some crash and so on, and watching TV. And I saw I think both towers fall and just. The, the immensity, the, the, the magnitude of, of what was happening and the just being struck also by the, the obvious fact that there was absolutely nothing I could do. And, 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 and for us, that's, that's 
something very hard because we we're used in a sense to controlling our lives to being in control and when you see something on that scale and you can do nothing um first of all it's very humbling but certainly also it's also very frustrating and agonizing right well i think impotent is is the correct word it's a shocking word in this context really that impotent no power and uh uh i never thought about them that way before but my my encounter of the event was that i was uh in the seminary at saint john vianney uh, college seminary at the university of saint thomas i was in my dorm room uh and out in the hallway i hear someone like stamping running down the hall and he's yelling and he's swearing wow <laughs> yeah i look at him like charlie we do not talk like that the seminary he was a freshman I was a senior. I was the I was like Charlie. We don't talk though. And he's, and he was just, you know, blubbering. Just I mean, not crying, but just stumbling over his own mouth, not knowing what to say. He's, they 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 flew a plane into 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 New York, and I'm like, what? And, but yeah, it, it, impotent is exactly his reaction to it in that moment. He he wanted to do something, but yep. he could do nothing. Yep. yep. Except run the halls of his dorm, uttering yeah. profanities. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> and, and and we're people who, and these are people, obviously, in in I'm presuming his instance, yours and mine certainly, who weren't touched personally by it. You know, I, I don't know anybody who died on nine eleven. Do you? No. Right. Um, and yet we're still struck by the the both the immensity of the event, but also our, our impotence before it. And yet, going back to our topic, um, there is something that we can do. Even 11 years later, there is something that we can do. Obviously, it's, it's not as tangible. It's not as sensible um, uh, in terms of being able to perceive it with our senses, but it's well, still real. That makes it no less real. Exactly. That's just it's still real. And no less valuable. Right. Right. And, then, and uh, to in any way discount prayer is really, uh, uh, in some ways, it exposes or shows a lack of faith on our part. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's just, if we. You know, there's again the saying that I've used before, not for some time. If we really believe, do we really believe that what we believe is really real? Do I really believe that all of humanity, but in a particular way, every Christian is connected with one another, is not an isolated island, as you were saying, referencing the Holy Father? Do I really believe that prayer is efficacious? Uh, and if so, why do I not turn to it? Or if so, I ought to turn to it in moments such as these, not just when they happen, but for years afterward. And, and, and to still take part and still and to join in in that solidarity spiritually, yet really and truly with those people in that moment as they learn the news. Uh, with those people in that moment when maybe, you know, the only chance that they had a short moment of some sort of prayer of forgiveness or sorrow or preparation uh, that the victims had, you know, or and then in solidarity with those who mourn. Absolutely. So, yeah, so our pra- So I think it's a beautiful thing that you said that one of the, the masses for the dead um, yesterday, because there, there is no greater prayer than the mass. Um, so to offer that prayer, uh, you as the priest, and then those who prayed it with you, uh, participating in it, um, 
we can do something and and frankly there's nothing better that we could do than pray or participate in the prayer of the mass for the dead so so i thought father what we could do too maybe is just um uh pray some of the particular prayers the proper prayers for the mass of the dead as you used them um if nothing else just for people to hear them and and maybe offer a comment or two um so the the collect the opening prayers it used to be you know the collect as we as we call it um that father used for at mass yesterday uh pray reads like this Show us, Lord, the immense power of your goodness, that as we weep for our brothers and sisters taken from us by a sudden death, we may be confident that they have passed over into your eternal company through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Father, so you used there the collect for one who died suddenly, for obvious reasons, right? Correct. Um, so we pray for them that we may be confident so that we can have confidence as well. So it's, it's, it's a prayer for their benefit, but also for us, confidence that they have passed over into, uh, into heaven, God's eternal company. Um, well, that, and and then that's the, part of the benefit of prayers for the dead. Uh, again, we, we talked about both at the beginning of those things, but it's not just uh, for them. It, it is also for us, but it's not just for us. It is also for them. So it's both. Right. Yes. The, the, the uh, almost cliche, cliche Catholic both and um, yes. our prayers re- are, are for the good of others, but they also, in a sense, um, are, not just in a sense, they are also good for us. Um, and then the other one of the other propers, the, the prayer over the offerings uh, bef- before uh, at the early part of the Eucharistic prayer. Uh, Liturgy of the Eucharist, as we offer you uh, for sacrifice to you, O Lord, for your departed servants, we humbly entreat that you may be pleased to answer our, our prayers and confirm those your, these your servants your perpetual mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, um, asking God to hear our prayers and pour His mercy, His love out upon those who have died. And his perpetual mercy in that way, uh, and, and and seeing how he can be moved by our prayers for them, and that's that's part of this notion of why pray for the dead, and uh, again too, or or for those that maybe you you've never even known, and again it's uh, out of love and charity on your part for them, uh, and and of course our Lord's call for us to be more perfect in our love, that our love would be fuller, our love would be broader in that way, right. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking also to uh, the invitation, how in prayers for the dead and prayers for the deceased that we don't know, and that way we can imitate um, our Lord and his efficacious and broad prayer for, uh, uh, and, and speaking here of Jesus and his prayer of the cross, of, the, uh, of his sacrifice on Calvary as the beautiful and efficacious and broad prayer to the Father for all humanity. Mm. So can you elaborate on that? Then what's the, what's the connection to our prayers for the dead? Well, right. So that in that way, we're imitating that perfect and full mm. prayer of Jesus, who is, who, who's praying for the dead in that way. We're imitating him uh, who is, who's reaching out. And also remembering that, uh, uh, that, and then that way we're joining his call to be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. And so in some ways to, to consider, to say, or to make a judgment, well, they have Jesus, they had their own prayers, they had their own time to pray. That's really an imperfection of charity on our, on our part. 
right? Out of love. Yeah, yeah, out of love, following Jesus' example, and out of our own love, we ought to pray for um, one another, including those who have died then, right? Correct. So, and then we, we have the, the post-communion prayer, the prayer after communion, which reads like this. Having received your heavenly sacrament, O Lord, we humbly ask your mercy that your departed servants, obtaining through this gift pardon for sins, may be counted worthy to enter your kingdom, there to praise you for eternity, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So what strikes me about that, um, that your departed servants, obtaining through this gift pardon for sins, what gift? Well, the gift of the Mass. And again, the fact that it is through the Mass, that is, the, the, which is itself the offering of Jesus on the cross, um, his own sacrifice, that pardon is one for the sins of all humanity, including, obviously, those who have died. And that our participation in that has a real uh, effect, a real effect in that way. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think, um, actually, if you look, you have the missile in front of you. I used the uh, a communion antiphon, which ties in with this notion nicely. I was from the third or fourth of the Masses for the Dead, but talked about receiving um, the body and blood of the Eucharist on behalf of those who have died. Um, Grant everlasting rest to them, O is it this one? Grant everlasting rest to them, O Lord, for whose memory the body and blood of Christ are here received. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful notion in that way, uh, in kind of that way that so your your participation is not just the priest offering the mass, but it's you, but it's you yourself praying in union with the mass in that way, and as. Yeah, and that sense of communion, that communion is a union. You're expressing in that uh, you're praying that, that, that the action of communicating, of receiving Holy Communion, is a prayer on your part, expressing a desire for you to be in union with Christ on the cross in Calvary. And, mm. and so that you could even offer up that prayer, uh, the prayer of the physical and spiritual reception of the real body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Mm. If that makes sense? It does. And again, that's just a, a beautiful, I mean, going back to your initial point, just another perspective or aspect of that, that we're all, we're all connected. And therefore, um, ever, every, every good thing that we do has a positive impact on others. And in a particular way, when we do something specifically so, for someone, even a spiritual thing, like praying for them, it does really have an effect. Um, the, 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 the inverse, unfortunately, is also true. Our, our sins and our failings weaken our unity, um, but fortunately, um, we're sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. That That's me quoting scripture, just to make that clear, Father. I just want to... Mark it down. So the unity of the church, the unity of those who are in heaven on earth, and then those who are suffering in purgatory, the dead not yet in heaven, uh, we are able to pray for one another. Of course, Father, just maybe real briefly, sort of the, um, the apologetic side of things. Um, 
obviously not all Christians believe in the efficacy of praying for the dead, uh, but it's been a long-standing practice, uh, biblical basis. Obviously, the catechism, catechism references it. Is there anything that you want to mention in that context? Um, not uh, particularly, I don't think. But uh, um, no. Okay. I won't rob you of the catechism. You, you say again? <laughs> I won't rob you of that. You won't rob me of it? <laughs> does that mean I'm supposed to talk about it? What, what does that mean? Rob me? How, what would you rob me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, so I'll, I'll suffice it to say, um, from the very early days of the church, um, this is this is what the catechism says in 958. In full, and this is a reference from Vatican II, in full consciousness of this communion of the whole mystical body of Jesus Christ, the church and its pilgrim members, that's us alive on earth, from the very earliest days of the Christian religion has honored with great respect the memory of the dead. And because it is a holy and a wholesome thought to pray for the dead that they may be loosed from their sins, she offers her suffrages for them. So we, we see early on the catacombs, uh, for instance, um, Christians would pray for one another, including their deceased brothers and sisters. Uh, and so there's always been this understanding that there is some sort of final purification that we undergo uh, when we die, uh, those of us who die in relationship with Christ. Um, so this final stage of purification. And because we are connected, our prayers can somehow speed along that purification. Uh, and so that's why it is a good thing. We, we've talked about this before, um, particularly with regard to um, November 2nd, All Souls Day, when we pray in a, uh, in a special way for the deceased. But uh, certainly at times like this, we also remember to pray for them as well. Correct. And any anniversary in that regard where things come up, um, and just gives you it's just a marvelous recourse in that regard in your own life. One thing, Father, I did. Uh, well, maybe it was during the winter this past winter, sometime within this last year. I went through, and on my calendar, um, I marked down the dates when, for instance, my grandparents passed away, so mm -hmm. that I would remember um, on those days. So this in. in my online calendar. So every year on uh, the anniversary of their death, I'll see that and remember um, to pray, pray for them in a particular way on that day. It is good. It is good. So anything else, Father, that you, again, I want to applaud you for, for um, praying that, that mass and, and drawing the attention to the fact that we can do something that is real and efficacious other than simply remembering intellectually um, the, those sad events. Uh, there's something that we can actually do uh, every day, every year on this occasion. Well, I, I think finally would just be um, two things maybe. First would be you know, make this an active practice of yours and not just for big civil events like this, but just for your own personal events. So um, get in the practice, uh, dear listener, of having masses said for your deceased. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, uh, sometimes you offer, you typically would offer a, a, a gift uh, to the parish um, for that mass being said. Uh, but, but do that, you know, and, and, and pray and, and hope as well that others will do the same for you. 
you know, I, I, I hope there will be masses uh, said for me and prayers said for me uh, when I die. Um, because I really want to be with Jesus, you know. <laughs> and I have great, I have great hope and great trust and great confidence that in the life uh, of faith that, uh, uh, that our Lord will bring me to himself. At the same time, I also know my own sins. And so. Mm. Amen. All right. Sorry, we're going to say something, Father. You, uh, I think the second thing would be um, to remind our listeners uh, to prepare for their own death. Right. And to pray uh, against an unprovided death. Um, and so, you know, we don't always, we, we don't know the day or the hour. We are all one heartbeat away. Uh, from dying, you know, there's that old joke about, uh, you know, vice presidents being one heartbeat away from being president. Um, but we're all one heartbeat away from death. Yep. Um, and so, you know, live as if, uh, uh, live with that preciousness of your life in mind. Absolutely. I remembered of, uh, I'm reminded rather of the, uh, the first ring for Mass today from uh, St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, I think chapter 7. Um, St. Paul wrote, I tell you, brothers, the time is running out, for the world in its present form is passing away. So that's sort of big picture, but also little picture. Every one of us is going to die at some point. And yes, maybe for most of us as Americans, it'll be when we're 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. But you never know, and we should always be. Are you 70 or 80 for those who are strong? Exactly. So we always need to be ready. So, good. Any Anything else, Father? Not from me. Very good. Well, from, from, from myself, neither. Uh, I don't know. Me either. <laughs> so, with that, we will me. draw... We mean either. With this episode of Ignition to a close, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignition. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future topics, you can email me at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Again, thanks for listening.